You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, a game day here in the Crescent City. The Pelicans taking on the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, who are not only without Kevin Durant, but going to be without someone else in this game. Maybe increasing the Pelicans' chances of grabbing a win and ending this 12-game losing streak. We'll preview that in the third segment of the show today. But before we do that, we're going to talk about how it could be worse. We're still trying to be positive and optimistic here. And we're going to relay some stories about certain things. Did you watch the Bulls game last night? Just be glad we're not the Bulls. And then I'm reminded of a story from the last time the uh, Saints and Colts played. Yes, Drew Brees set that record last night. That record, the all-time touchdown record. Also, what, he finished 29 of 30 on the night and was just absolutely astonishing. I'm going to tell you a story about the last time these two teams played, which is relevant to this current Pelicans franchise team, all of that. So let's dive into all of that and more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So there was a big game in New Orleans last night, Monday Night Football. No, we're not going to make this Locked On Saints. Ross Jackson takes care of that and is awesome on there. You don't need me to try and give you some football analysis, though I can do it, and I have done it in the past. But Ross is a little bit better, and he's going to have a lot of fun with the show. You should probably listen today if you haven't already, just to kind of recap the magic and relive it uh, that was last night. But I'm reminded of the last time these two teams played, the Colts and the Saints, and as most of you may know, I grew up a Colts fan. I'm still probably a Colts fan first and foremost when they're not playing the Saints. I was probably rooting for the Saints in this one, given that they just kind of have more at stake and the the Colts season has kind of gone sideways. But besides the point, last time these two teams played was back four years ago in 2015, October 25th to be exact, and they played in Indianapolis. One of my very good friends, Mason Ginsburg of BourbonStreetShots.com, where I used to write for, uh, lives in Chicago. It's a three-hour drive from Indy. So we figured, why don't I fly up there with another friend and two of ours and go from Chicago to Indianapolis for the Colts and Saints game? Sounded like a lot of fun. 2015, my God, feels like a damn lifetime ago, doesn't it, when it comes to basketball and this franchise? Uh, Back then, you still had Eric Gordon on the team. You had a number of other guys on the team as well. I'm going back to kind of look at everything here, too. And it was October, so it would have been Alvin Gentry still being the head coach. And I think his first year of all of this, coming off after that playoff season that they had, coming into his first year, where they finished 30-52. and That roster, by the way, still had Alexia Jinsa, Ryan Anderson, Omer Oshik, Luke Babbitt, Norris Cole. I can go down the list. The most played minutes guy in that game, other than Anthony Davis, was Ryan Anderson, followed third by Dante Cunningham, who played more games than Drew Holiday did. Alonzo Gee, Gee was fifth when it came to minutes on that team. Eric Gordon was sixth, and Tony frickin' Douglas was seventh. 
Think about that roster for a little bit. Kendrick Perkins was also on that team. You had all of those guys. You had no future first-round picks, and the future looked terrible. Alvin Gentry, the guy who was supposed to take this team to the next level, which, okay, maybe I shouldn't mention that here, um, did not. And I was just, I'm reminded of this because on that drive from Chicago to Indianapolis, we did a Periscope live from there, which almost got us killed a couple of times. It was like six in the morning after being out the entirety of the night before, where we were talking about this team. And people are upset right now, and rightfully so. People should be upset with the state of the the roster currently and the team and how they're playing. But it could just be worse. And we've all been through worse, frankly. And even in this year where the Pelicans are on a 12-game losing streak, have six wins, 21 losses, it's not nearly as kind of hopeless and lost as what that team was. And ultimately, we know how this all played out. Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson left, I think, after that season and never played another minute for New Orleans. Probably a good thing. They've gone on to have some success. Eric Gordon winning sixth man of the year once, twice. Um, and overall, have been pretty good. The Pelicans, basically nothing other than a first-round sweep of Portland, which was awesome. But when you look at this in a disappointing season and compare it to that year's disappointing season... The future still looks better here. You have all of those Lakers future first round picks, which aren't going to be the most valuable for the next couple of years, but it's those ones where maybe LeBron retires. Maybe Anthony Davis leaves after signing a new contract with the team this offseason, and then those picks become very valuable. You have three rookies that we're still all very high on in Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, and Zion Williamson. You didn't have that with that 2015-2016 Pelicans team. They were just bad all around with no hope for the future other than what we convinced ourselves of. But really, looking back on it, what the hell were we doing? I don't think we're going to look back on this year and be like, oh, why were we thinking there was a good future ahead of the team? There clearly is. Some changes need to be made, maybe. But overall, it kind of puts it in a little bit of perspective that, yeah, 12-game losing streak really fucking sucks. But it's not the end of the world when you're kind of projecting out years down the line. That's what we kind of need to do. So it's not nearly as miserable as that Pelicans team that Mason and I were talking about in a car at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday. This is much better, which I think is something to keep in mind as we get frustrated with it. You know, you don't invest in a team for one season. As a fan, you do it for a long-term thing unless you're bouncing from team to team, which I guess is fine too. But I think everyone here in New Orleans and who roots for the Pelicans and roots for the area, the Gulf South, the city of New Orleans too, wants his team to do better over the long haul and you'd gladly kind of sacrifice a season of that. Maybe that's a little bit of what the team is going through right now. So this Colts and Saints game where Drew Brees was freaking awesome reminded me of that a little bit. And as I was almost dreading doing a podcast, because what do you talk about today? Um, I didn't feel nearly as bad given everything that we've seen with this team, with this roster. They're still set up to have a lot of success in the future, even if maybe it doesn't come as quick as we'd like. Bad times right now, yes, but I think all of us agree there won't be bad times continually in the future. So we'll get to the Bulls game, because if you want to talk about a coach getting fired, oh my god, Jim Boylan, you need to just be, he just needs to be booted from the Bulls. I'll explain why coming up here in just a minute. But before we do that, if you're a Spotify user and listen to Locked On Pelicans on Spotify, use the Spotify wrapped feature to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us. It's at Locked On Live and at Locked On Pels and on, on Twitter, and we'll share and retweet it. It's 
really cool to see the impact the podcast has had on people throughout the year. So if you listen on Spotify, use that Spotify wrapped feature. So there's been a lot of talk recently about firing Alvin Gentry and does moving on from him in the middle of the season make sense? Should it, you know, should it not? Is he the long-term coach? Is he not? All of that stuff. I've kind of made my point clear that I don't see firing him mid-season as doing much of anything. Maybe after the season, I just don't think doing anything right now is going to even do much. And even if you do fire him, if that even actually gets guys kind of motivated to play, I just don't think it's going to kind of that land and have the impact that you'd want. One guy that probably needs to get fired, Jim Boylan, the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls took on the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. And while I'm busy watching the Saints and Colts game, because frankly, yeah, that's way more interesting than Chicago Bulls and or, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, something started to happen in that game. I kind of noticed it on Twitter because the Bulls were up 26. Should have just been done, over with. They had a 37-16 lead after the first quarter. You know, they were up significantly at halftime and then proceeded to choke that game away in an unbelievably embarrassing fashion to the point where the the mistakes were so egregious that someone almost needs to fall on the sword directly for this game. The Bulls now fall to 10 and 19. Who the hell cares if they lose one more game, right? It's a lost season for them. They're not going anywhere, except this was so bad This is one of those ones that's embarrassing that I don't know how you keep your coach after. We've had similar-ish moments here and there maybe to the uh, time with Alvin Gentry with some of the blown timeouts, things like that. I don't know if anything was as bad as what they were doing here with the Chicago Bulls and what Jim Boylan was doing. Uh, Again, you were up 26 and completely blew this one, and it was so unbelievably awful. They should feel really, really bad about this. Um, So I switched over to the game because I was just frankly curious what was going on when people were kind of melting down about this. They had, late in the game, some just absolutely horrible, horrible plays. They had a timeout with 33 seconds left in the third quarter, which just makes no sense whatsoever. They had a challenge in the fi- uh, with a minute 22 left that when you looked at it, just w- what were they doing to challenge this call and burn your last timeout in a very close game? With a minute 22 left, you need that. You also made weird substitutions. You had guys that you put in a small lineup when you needed a rebound after free throws. They took out uh, um, Wendell Carter, who they needed in there to grab a board because he's their starting center. And he subbed him out. And, you know, you don't get the rebound. You kept Chris Dunn in this game, who has been kind of starting for you for a number of times, but just was not the guy to play in crunch time. Gave you nothing offensively, and CP3 just put him through the damn ringer on defense. Chris Paul went off in the fourth quarter, and Boylan doesn't make a change at all. Sticks to the same thing that throughout the quarter did not work. This was pretty bad. Go back and watch this game, or watch the fourth quarter, um, and... If you watch it, you're going to see what bad coaching truly is. We've hit some of those points, certainly with Alvin Gentry, but it was almost stunning to see them completely collapse in this one when they are actually trying to win now. Alvin Gentry at least is doing some experimenting and trying to see what he has in certain guys, and you're almost data collecting at this point. It's not the case with what the Bulls are doing. This was really, really bad. 
We have not sunk this low, in my opinion, yet. Even on a 12-game losing streak with New Orleans here, that's maybe how bad it was, I think. But I think part of it is, you know, we weren't expecting to compete for a title here. The Bulls thought they could get into the playoffs and have much more guys who are older and not as learning their way in the NBA. It was weird. Take a look at that game in the fourth quarter because I even switched over because I wanted to see what the hell was going on. And, yeah, it was as bad as advertised. Chris Paul was very masterful, and that kind of reminds you that he's still a very, very good player that's kind of stuck on a weird Oklahoma City Thunder team that has beaten the Pelicans numerous times this year, too. But interesting to see. We may get there as a Pelicans fan base and as a Pelicans franchise this season, but Boylan probably should be gone from there, given all the other issues that they've had over his tenure, which now spans multiple seasons, too. We'll see, though. I don't think they're going to make a change, but, man, not good whatsoever from them. And at least we haven't sunk, in my opinion, that low with Alvin Gentry just yet. So it's a game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Brooklyn Nets. KD out for the season, but they're missing another key player in this one. I'll let you know who that is coming up. But before that, if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breaking.com slash locked on. Sorry, breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments, whether it's a draft, whether it's a big win, maybe an all-time touchdown, record. They've got great shirts for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Search the site for some great shirts and great sports gifts. So the Brooklyn Nets come to town as the Pelicans look to get off of their 12-game losing streak, and they're catching a bit of a break. Kevin Durant likely out for the season for the Nets, but Kyrie Irving is not playing in this one, not even traveling with the team. They're also going to be without Karis LeVert, who had uh, thumb surgery and is going to be out for a couple of weeks. That's really good for New Orleans. Brooklyn maybe is still a very scary team with a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's maybe a hipster MVP kind of pick, 21 points per game, six assists for him. He's been very good for them this year. But Karis LeVert was averaging almost 17 points per game, Kyrie Irving averaging almost 29. That is a big blow to an offense that does not rank in the top half of the league and, in fact, at times looks to be one of the league's worst. Brooklyn, who's going to be very good eventually, sits at just 14-12 and 12 in this one. Kyrie Irving was playing, and he dropped 39 the last time these two teams played. I don't know if the Pelicans have a chance. They might have a chance, because if you can't beat this banged-up Nets team, who are you really supposed to beat? And the schedule gets pretty tough coming up very soon, so this is your last chance to really get one, particularly at home, before a tough slate, before things really do get a little bit easier after the new year. So Brooklyn struggles with a couple of things. They're losing their leading score, their third leading score. But you do have guys, again, like Spencer Dinwiddie, who can step up in this one. Joe Harris can burn you. He is a sharpshooter from deep. He's been leading the league at times in um, three-point percentage. Uh, and he's shooting uh, 43% from deep this year. Torian Waller-Prince has also been getting minutes with all of these injuries. He's been starting for the team this year. He's shooting 40% from deep. You've got to be careful on these guys on the 
perimeter, not getting long rotations, which you might do because this team is very good at going after offensive boards. They've got DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench who can still give you an absolute ton of rebounds, 10 per game. Jarrett Allen, their starting center, is able to give you 11 per game. All of those guys can crash the boards hard, and they're the third best offensive rebounding team. You can't give this team second chance points. They're not a great offense. They're missing two of their three leading scores, including the number one guy who's you know, doing that by a significant margin. Don't give them easy buckets, easy second chance points. And you have a chance. Their defense is okay. I don't think it's anything particularly amazing. They rank right around the middle of the league. So if you can get just enough offense, you should be able to beat them. But they're good at the three-point line and clamping down on that. So you're going to need to drive. You're going to need to attack. You're going to need one of those aggressive Drew Holiday games. You need Lonzo Ball to actually want to get into the paint and get near the restricted area. Something which we haven't seen a ton of from him. We'll see. This is a winnable game for New Orleans with a couple of days off. Maybe they have kind of a chance, or a day off really. They have a chance to really kind of get their act right after that game on Sunday. This is the last winnable one maybe for a little bit, I think. So we'll see if they can pull it off. They need to because that would ease just a little bit of the pressure. 13 in a row, whew, that's bad. But one win in a row, that sounds a whole lot better. We'll see if they're able to get it done tonight. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.